He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Thank you for joining us this morning to worship our risen and resurrected Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a wonderful day it is for us to celebrate His triumph over the grave, which means we too are triumphant over the grave through Him. Today we're going to be following the order of service that, is, that has been posted on our St. James website. Hopefully you have a copy. If not, you may want to go there now and find a copy. If not, just simply watch and participate as you're able as we rejoice in the fact that Jesus is indeed risen, risen from the dead. We now begin with our journey to the tomb, a time of resurrection. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on that first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back, and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. And there you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out, and they fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid." This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. People of God, Jesus is not here. He is risen. Yes, the tomb is empty. He is risen. He is risen, and He is among us. Alleluia. Alleluia. He is risen. Risen indeed. We sing, Jesus Christ is risen today. If you're not standing, we invite you to rise and sing this hymn with much gusto. Jesus Christ is risen today, alleluia. Our triumphant holy day, alleluia. Who did once upon the cross, alleluia. Suffer to redeem our loss. Alleluia. Hymns of praise, then let us sing. Alleluia. Unto Christ our heavenly King. Alleluia. Who endured the cross and grave, Alleluia. Sinners to redeem and save, 
Alleluia. But the pains which he endured, Alleluia. Our salvation have procured, Alleluia. Now above the sky he's king, Alleluia. Where the angels ever sing, Alleluia. Sing we to our God above, Alleluia. Praise eternal as his love, Alleluia. Praise him, all ye heavenly host, Alleluia. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. I have wonderful news to share with you this morning. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you of all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our second reading is from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We sing now all the vault of heaven resounds, and if you're so inclined, we invite you to rise on verse 4 of this verse.
Now all the vault of heaven resounds in praise of love that still abounds. Christ has triumphed, he is living. Sing choirs of angels loud and clear. Repeat their song of glory here. Christ has triumphed, Christ has triumphed. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Eternal is the gift he brings. Therefore our heart with rapture sings. Christ has triumphed. He is living. Now still he comes to give us life. And by his presence stills all strife. Christ has triumphed. He is living. Alleluia. 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 Oh, fill us, Lord, with dauntless love. Set heart and will on things above that we conquer through your triumph. Grant grace sufficient for life's day that by our lives we truly say Christ has triumphed. He is living. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Adoring praises now we bring and with the heavenly blessed sing. Christ has triumphed, Alleluia. Be to the Father and our Lord, to Spirit bless most holy God, all the glory never ending. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Easter Gospel is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. 
So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Well, here at St. James in Grand Rapids, Michigan, we have been throughout the Lenten season focusing on the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's appropriate that on this Easter Sunday that we would focus on the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. Because Jesus is the source of our joy. And so the text for this morning's message is from John chapter 20, beginning at verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. And at this she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. And he asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? And thinking that he's the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him. And she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means my teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me. For I have not ascended yet to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Easter morning promises that dark days do not last forever. Mary Magdalene, the Mary in our text, had a liberating and joyful experience with Jesus Christ. At one time in her life, before she had met Jesus, she had been possessed with seven demons. But Jesus had cast those demons out of her. And after he had done that miracle in her life, Mary Magdalene followed our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, we're told that she financially supported his ministry. Oh, Mary had many wonderful days following Jesus listening to his teaching and seeing him transform the lives of people with his message and with his miracles. Mary listened to Jesus speak about God's forgiveness. She learned and she listened to Jesus talk about about 
his love for all people. And she was astonished. She was astonished that Jesus would, some, would love someone like her. Like Jesus' other followers, though, Mary was bewildered. She was bewildered and she was confused by Jesus' talk about suffering and dying at the hands of, of the religious leaders of Israel. And she didn't know what to make of his talk about rising from the dead. Well, those pleasant days and hearty memories of sitting on a hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee and listening to Jesus talk and teach and preach came to a horrifying halt for Mary. Mary now shuddered at the images that she could not erase from her memory. The pain. The agony, the last words that he spoke, the shout, the gasp, the final breath, the silence, the silence of death. And then the realization of the finality of his death. Mary found that she could not control her tears. She sobbed. She sobbed for the one who she so dearly loved. She wept for the one in whom she had placed her trust. And Mary watched, her heart numbed by grief, as Joseph of Arimathea placed Christ's corpse into a tomb. And now in the early morning hours, as the sun was thinking about beginning to rise over the horizon in the east, her heart is overwhelmed with despair and hopelessness, and her whole body aches with grief. Mary is so disoriented by her sadness that she doesn't even give thought to the, to the reality of how it is that she's going to move that stone from the entrance of the tomb. But as she approaches Jesus' graveside, she, she is terrified. She's terrified because she sees that the stone is rolled away. And so panicked, she runs back to Jerusalem to find Peter and John. And she breathlessly exclaims, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put Him. Well, Peter and John and Mary scurry back to the tomb. And they find it empty, except for the linens in which Jesus' body had been wrapped. Questions swirl. They swirl in Mary's mind as she stands outside the tomb. Who desecrated his resting place, she wonders. Can't they even leave him alone? Can't they give him some peace even in death? Who would do such a cruel thing that they would take his body? Mary can't believe that Jesus' body is gone. And so she bends over to look inside the tomb just one more time to make sure that the body really isn't there. And that's when she is startled. 
startled by the appearance of two messengers from heaven who are sitting where Jesus' body should have been laying. And they look at her and they ask, Woman, why are you crying? And with a quivering voice, Mary responds, They've taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they've put him. As Mary says this, she hears a rustling sound behind her. And she senses the presence of someone else in the garden with her. And she turns and she shades her eye from the rising sun that blinds her. And a man, a gardener perhaps, stands before her and he asks, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? And thinking that he's the gardener, Mary says, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. And then Mary hears a familiar voice call her by name as he has so many times before. Mary. Her heart skips a beat. She shakes her head to clear it. This can't be possible. And her body begins to shake with excitement. And she cries out, Rabboni, my my, my teacher. And in that split second of hearing Jesus call her by name, her life is forever changed. Mary's heart that was numbed by grief is now melted with the warm glow of joy. And then she does what any of us would do if someone we loved came back to life and was standing there right before us. She grabs hold of Jesus. She gets down on her hands and knees and she clutches him by, her, by his feet. And she doesn't want to let go. For he who is dead is alive. Jesus instructs Mary after their moment together, to go back to Jerusalem and to tell the disciples of what she has seen and heard. And so she runs back to Jerusalem and she finds the disciples and she proclaims to her friends, I have seen the Lord. He is alive. He is risen. Alleluia. You see, Easter morning promises that dark days do not last forever. And oh, there are still dark days, aren't there? Just ask the patient who is struggling with a deadly disease. Just ask the wife who is burying her husband who she's loved for 50 years. Just ask the person who is bullied. Just ask the unemployed worker who's seeking for a job and wondering how he or she is going to make their next house payment. Just ask the teenager who's lost their way and are trying to find themselves. Just ask the lonely person who is battling anxiety because, of the, because they have self-quarantined themselves. Just ask the small business owner who worries about how she will resuscitate her business when things get back to quote-unquote normal. The psalmist writes, 
Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I love the way that Max Lucado expresses this truth. He is a master with the English language. And speaking of this verse, Psalm Psalm chapter 30, verse 5, he writes, Despair will not rule the day. Sorrow will not last forever. The clouds may eclipse the sun, but they cannot eliminate it. Night might delay the dawn, but it cannot defeat it. Morning comes. Not as quickly as we want, not as dramatically as we desire, but morning comes, and with it comes joy. Do you remember the message that the angels spoke to the shepherds when Jesus was born? The angel said, Do not be afraid, fear not, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Indeed, Jesus is a source of great joy for all people, for shepherds, for a woman who has been possessed by seven demons, for the blind, for the leper, for the self-righteous Pharisee, for the one who executes him, for the sinners, for the tax collectors, for you, for me, for all the people of this world. Jesus is a source, the source, of great joy. For as St. Peter proclaimed in the sermon that we heard in our reading for this morning, they put Jesus to death by hanging Him on a tree, but God raised Him. God raised Him on the third day. And everyone, everyone who believes in Him receives the forgiveness of sins through His name. William Arndt says, The resurrection of Jesus is the Father's Amen to the words of Jesus that He spoke on the cross, it is finished. You see, the blood that Jesus Christ shed for us on Calvary's cross is the blood that sets us free from our sins, That in which God now announces to you and me that all of our sins are completely forgiven. They indeed are the Father's Amen. Jesus' resurrection is the Amen. And it's the Father's way of saying to us that Jesus' life and His death on the cross has fulfilled, satisfied all that was needed and required so that you and I might be forgiven. Yes, in Jesus, the crucified and risen One, we receive God's forgiveness for our sin. And that is why we pray Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but instead restore to me, restore to me the joy, the joy of your salvation, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Friends, are you burdened this morning? Are you burdened by some sin or sins? Are you in need of hearing God's word of forgiveness? 
Do you long to hear that your sins are forgiven? Then hear the words of your resurrected and risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when He says indeed to you and to me, your sins are forgiven and my resurrection from the dead proves it. Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Our lives are filled with loss and sadness and sorrow. This doesn't change. Even when we know and believe in Jesus as the resurrection and the life. But our living Lord does stand by our side as we grieve, as we deal with the losses and the sorrow in our life. In fact, our living Lord calls us by name, just as He called out Mary by name. And He assures us, I am the resurrection and the life. Our Lord, He doesn't bring back the dead Oh, we may pray and wish that God would raise back to life that husband, that wife, that son, that daughter, that friend, that mom, that dad. We wish that God would, and we pray that God would raise that person back to life so that we might spend some more time here on earth with that person, but that doesn't happen. We may pray that God would fill the void in our life that is there. We might pray that God would take away the ache that just makes our body weary because we grieve the losses in our life. We may pray, God, fill that emptiness that I have, but it still may remain. But our living Lord does promise us. He says, I will always be with you, Glenn. Put in your name. He says that to you too. He says, I will always walk with you, Glenn, through the valley of the shadow of death. He says that to you too. He says, I will always sustain you, Glenn, day by day. And he makes that promise to you. And he says, come unto me, Glenn, when you're weary and burdened by life, and I will give you rest. And he makes that promise to you too. Again, Lucado says, weeping comes, but so does joy. Darkness comes, but so does mourning. Sadness comes, but so does hope. Sorrow may have the night, but it cannot have our lives. St. Peter reminds us that we who believe in Him are in possession of an eternal treasure that cannot be taken away from us. It's being kept in heaven for us. It will be revealed to us at the end of our time. St. Peter writes, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you've had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. 
And even though you have not seen him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Yes, this is the truth that Jesus, our risen Lord, speaks into our lives today. We go through all kinds of trials and tribulations and they cause us grief beyond what we can even sometimes imagine. And yet through it all, the promise that Jesus makes to you and to me in our holy baptism is the promise that He will fulfill at the end of our life. And that is that He will raise our bodies to everlasting life and we will live with our Lord forever. And this truth fills us with inexpressible and glorious joy even in this life, even in the midst of the hurt and the agony and the grief of our life. And that is why Paul can say we can rejoice in the Lord always. Because it's always true for us that Jesus lives, that He is the resurrection and the life, and that eternal life is ours too. The Lord is my strength and He is my shield My heart will trust in Him and does trust in Him for He is the one who grants me victory over the grave. And so Easter morning promises that dark days do not last forever. I wish I could report that Mary's good news and that the reports of the other women who had also seen the living Lord that their news had been received with acceptance and and gratitude and joy. But the eleven and the other disciples who heard this message scoff at the testimony. Oh, it's nonsense. It's, It's delirious fool talk, they thought. But by the end of the day, these skeptics would be skeptic no more. And their hearts would be filled with that inexpressible and glorious joy that alone comes through knowing that Jesus is alive. You may be tempted to think similarly. You may be tempted to think that the resurrection of Jesus' talk is really quite a lot of nonsense. That it's foolish talk. That it's just another myth But it isn't. It isn't, my friends. It's the truth. And it's been communicated to us through eyewitnesses who saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. No, Jesus is alive. And He speaks your name. He calls out to you. He calls out to you to believe in Him as the resurrection and the life. He calls out to you to find truth and meaning and purpose in life through Him. He calls out to you so that you will know that in Him all of your sins are forgiven. All of them. He calls out to you so that you will know that even in the most dire circumstances of your life, that your living Lord walks with you. He speaks out to you and He speaks your name because He knows that one day you will face death yourself. The death of a loved one. And He wants you to know that there can be comfort and hope in, even in death itself, for He promises everlasting life to everyone who believes. And He knows that one day you, you and I, will face our own death. And we will want to hear Him call out, us, call out our name. 
when he says, Glenn, and again, fill in your name. And he says, Glenn, arise. Eternal life is yours. Easter morning promises that the dark days that we experience in life do not last forever. And so my Easter prayer for you is this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.